It's Izzy. Wherever you're listening from, whatever your situation, and whatever brought you here, I'm so, so grateful that you've invested your time in listening to positive content. I truly hope you gain some valuable insights from the episode. The truth is, I have more flaws than any one of you could imagine. One of the biggest flaws being that I just recorded this upstairs with my microphone, and as soon as I sat down, I felt myself trying to work out what I was saying in as uh, most eloquent language as I could. Being one of the most flaws, I was debilitated by my perfectionist attitude towards the task at hand. Now, only five minutes before that, I was nibbling away at my nails so that now none of them are even remotely going past the tip of my nail. I drink copious amounts of coffee. I often have a drink during the day, although I blame my mum for that little trick. (laughs) I wait for my houseplants to get on the very edge of death before I decide to water them. I should never be left alone with a bag of crisps because that bag and no crisp or crumb is making it out alive. I read multiple books on the go. I look at myself in the mirror and really do not like what I see. I look at myself in an image, in a picture and count the chins, the chins that I can see on that face. I get jealous of people doing better than me. I find it uncomfortable to congratulate certain people who I really wish that I had what they have. And yes, that's not nice to admit, but I'm also not stupid enough to know that you don't do that too. You see, in this personal development journey that we're all attempting to be on, the goal isn't to be perfect every single day. The goal is never to have a negative thought again. The point is that you have contrast. The point is that you do have flaws. The point is that you get to a place where you feel better more of the time and you are a better person more of the time. And that then leads to you being even better more of the time because you're in a habit of it. We're reprogramming the mind. Now, I would like to think of myself as a very compassionate person. Empathy is basically my middle name and the reason why I've been able to do this. Now, empathy is a great thing. Empathy is a wonderful thing. But it also means that I cannot watch horror films. I'm too petrified for the people in it. I enjoy emotional films. Hopefully they'd be accompanied by some comedy to balance it out. But uh, I can't... Oh, do you know what I can't do? I cannot watch embarrassing parts of films or series where the main character is feeling... Oh, I can't do it. I can't... Sex Education, anyone watched it? I couldn't watch it. Going through puberty was awkward enough and uncomfortable enough. Watching someone else uncomfortable... I swear that's worse than a horror film. Worse than a horror film. Why? Well, zombies aren't very relatable. But the fear of embarrassment is. And I think we can all attest to that. But (laughs) being, being an empath has its pros and its cons. Now, why am I telling you all about the flaws that I have and the things that I wish were different about myself. Well, I don't really wish they were different. You see, if we were perfect, we'd have nothing to work on. We'd have nothing to work on. 
And that is boring. Do you know why it's boring? Because as humans, we are... Now my cat is eating her food. We are designed to make progress. If you just look back at, the, uh, back at history, we can't help but make progress. Technological progress. Geographical progress. We, everything that we do and experience, we have tried to manipulate and change and make better. It's what we do best. AKA overthinking. And that's why creatives are some of the most free-spirited, but also the biggest overthinkers. Which is why some overthinkers, some overthinkers, some creatives can be seen as being quite erratic because they have both ends of the spectrum. But it's what makes the highs even better. But it does come with the downside of the lows. But if you didn't have lows, you wouldn't feel the real sensation of the highs. It's like Passenger's Song. What's it called? Let It Go? No. But it goes, you only know... Oh, I'm sorry, my cat is is licking up from her water bowl. That's a really distracting noise, Cassie. <laughs> yeah. You only, know, you only miss the snow when it starts to rain... You only... I should, I should get these lyrics up, but you know the song I'm talking about. So this is why I say to people, when they say... When I'm on a live on TikTok and people say, oh, Izzy, having a, having a miserable day, I'm stuck in bed ill. I say, wonderful. That's excellent news. Because the past week, you were probably saying to me how you were too busy or how you always felt behind and you had so much to do. Now, obviously, if you're too sick, you can't do too much. But for most illnesses or or times when we need to just rest up a bit, we've got a migraine or we're feeling a bit shivery or a bit hot and cold. You can get some of those admin tasks done or not even work. Binge watch your favourite show. I binge watched Bridgerton yesterday. I would highly recommend it. How can what you're experiencing now be a good thing? Because you're only going to get this experience once. If you've fallen out with your best friend, how is that a good thing? It's a good thing because when you do make up with her, it will feel so much better. And if you don't, well, realise that the reason why you're feeling so much hurt or pain right now is because you feel you've lost something so amazing. Why have you lost something so amazing? Well, the only way that was possible was you had something amazing in the first place. So appreciate the contrast. Appreciate knowing what it feels like to not have a friend. So that when you do get that friend back or you do get a new friend... You appreciate it more. I want to know what it feels like to not have the knowledge, to have low confidence, to want to be, to, to, oh, I can't even get the words out. See, to not get my words out, to not, I want to know what it feels like to pick up my phone and stumble over my words, to upload a podcast that is not perfect because I know that that means that when I do produce a perfect podcast, maybe that'll be more not as relatable. But when I do produce a podcast that's more cleaned up 
And I have the capacity to make that manageable. Right now, I just have to pick up and record whenever I can. Then I will appreciate that more because I know what the opposite of that was. I appreciate red because I can see blue. I appreciate the dark. I appreciate the quiet and the calm and the still of the dark because I know what it's like to be in the light. I appreciate the light because I know the fears of the dark. I appreciate solitude and being ignored because I know what it's like to be in the spotlight and to be feeling like you're being constantly watched and looked at. I appreciate the feeling of being in the spotlight, of constantly watched and looked like because I know what it feels like to feel invisible and as though nobody cares. What part of your experience do you feel is a flaw right now? But actually, maybe one of the things that brings you to your biggest sense of fulfillment. Fulfillment is both in the present and in the future. You can appreciate and feel fulfilled by this flaw because of what it will allow for you in the future. If you are flawed, if you are not as good as you know that you can be, then how awesome is that? How awesome is that? You know that you can get better. You know that there is a gap between where you are now and you reaching your potential. And maybe you getting to your potential relies on you having some resources that you currently don't have now. But that's a goal. That's something to work with. That's something to aim for. You've got the rest of your life ahead of you. And part of me always wants to rush. But part of me also realizes that we've got time. If we were perfect now, if I had the whole of self-development and positive psychology sussed out right now, I wouldn't know what to do with the rest of my life. So take it one step at a time. You can only do so much as you can do, and every flaw that you have makes you you. But it also makes you who you're going to be. And when you get to that place of personal success where you feel like you've got better at that thing that you wanted to be better at, that thing that you used to fear so much, you'll be proud of yourself and you can share that with other people. You can share your method. So I'll share something with you to finish up now. Two, nearly three years ago, I was in a long-term relationship or at least it was long-term for me. We were meant to be moving in together. We were, we'd found a place after university that we were going to move to. We'd both got jobs in that location. And we were celebrating our um, anniversary in Cornwall. He'd surprised me. Now, that was a bit of a weird trip. But anyway, regardless of all the gut feelings that I'd got, the next day, the day we got back, I found out he'd been doing some things that he shouldn't really have been doing. I decided I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't forgive him and give it a shot again. And this is obviously not the whole story, but that's not what this episode is about. Long story short, we move in together and we, we try and repair things, but inside I have no trust. I am second guessing myself, him and every other thing. And for right reasons, really, because the boy continued to lie. The boy continued to do things he shouldn't have been doing. He, I won't go into it. 
But there are abundance of things and red flags and toxic behaviours that just left me after that relationship, that job, that flat broke down for what felt like a really long time, over a year. Six months of denial, of grief, serious grief. Six months of healing, painful healing, reality checks. And six months of building myself back up again. It took me a really long time to feel like I could trust again. And the reason I bring this up is I am now in a really beautiful relationship and I trust this person 100%, but that trust has nothing to do with him. Yes, he does and says the things that would imply that I could trust him. But anybody could do that. Because trust in reality has nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with you. Trust doesn't come from them, it comes from you. And I am so proud of myself. But not not proud in the sense that I've done this on purpose. But grateful and compassionate towards myself for the fact that I can trust him. That I'm not second-guessing what he's doing. Yes, when he picks up his phone from across the room and I see him tapping away, the chimp in the back of my mind says, oh, we know what this behaviour means. We know what this behaviour means. That's not good. Run. Get into fight mode. But I know that it's not true. And so when he's not here and we currently live separately, I'm not wondering what he's doing. Even though I could so easily be doing that, and thinking that because of what happened in my past, I took the time to heal and I took the time to work on myself. And because I have that contrast of where I was, how, uh, for want of a better phrase, screwed up I was, to now how calm and in control of myself I am. It doesn't matter what he's doing. It matters what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. Because I could tear this relationship apart simply by thinking the things that I thought when I had the headspace during what happened with my previous partner. So, what could you think of right now that is a similar example? Are you in a place right now of strength in an area where you previously were weak, where you were really flawed? Something that used to fill your entire headspace and now is just not even a thought. Someone I know used to have really severe acne when he was at school and he tried everything. It literally consumed him. He felt sorry for people who had to look at him. He tried different diets. He tried different creams, different face washes, everything under the sun and finally cracked it. And now his skin is flawless. And anyone looking at him would be jealous if they had the same flaw that he did. But he was there too. He took on that journey. And not only that, he doesn't overlook it. It's a big thing for him. He doesn't every day look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm so grateful for for my skin. Rather, he doesn't look in the mirror at all. Whereas before, the first thing he would do when he got up was look in the mirror and look at any new spots that had come up. 
Now he doesn't put the focus on his face. He's let go of that. But at the same time, he's grateful for the fact that that is no longer something that is consuming his mind. And yet he knows that he was no less of a person even when he had the spots. He's not a new man because he doesn't have them. He's just got a new perspective. I really hope that this episode has shed some light on how you can see your flaws, not in the way that society tries to get you to see them, but in the way that is human. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to every change or difference in your body. Everything that doesn't look poster-perfect. It is perfect because it's yours. Doesn't mean it will always be yours. But appreciate the contrast because one day you might not have to live with that. So, without anything more from me, all that's left to say is I appreciate you.